Welcome to Debating Metal. As always, I'm Kenneth Dean, the Dean of Metal, and my co-host is Chris K. Today we're doing a worst to first episode, and we're going back to just before Black Sabbath. Now, who came before Black Sabbath, you ask? None other than Led Zeppelin. One of the two bands known as the Godfathers of Metal, as you mentioned, uh, Black Sabbath. Led Zeppelin amazingly only had a 12-year career. Though they ended the band after the untimely passing of drummer John Bonham, Led Zeppelin had a monumental career, releasing eight studio albums, four of which went diamond, a collection of leftover tracks, four live albums, <clears throat> and various compilations reaching heights most bands only dream of. On this episode, Kenneth and I are each going to rank their albums from what we think is their weakest all the way up to what we believe is their very best. But before we begin, I just want to remind you that if you haven't done so already, please click subscribe or like on your favorite podcast platform and get our new episodes as soon as they're out. So, so now sit back, relax, and turn it up to 11 as we give you Led Zeppelin worst to first. Chris, Led Zeppelin, man, we don't talk much about them. We did the... Uh, I think their greatest hits around episode. Hits, yeah. yeah. I think it was episode one Oh two way back in the day. <laughs> like four months ago. Um, and you know, they don't get a lot of, of, uh, hype on, on, on our show. Um, but they definitely are one of the most influential bands to a lot of musicians that we listen to on a day on a regular basis. Just put it that way. And I think that's mostly why we don't, talk a tremendous amount about them is because they're not really truly a metal band per se they are influential on so many bands not just in the metal genre but i mean we're, we're going to be doing our big four on covers uh later in the episode and you see just you know how many people covered them how many people were inspired by them and it's it's incredible that they're a landmark band for many many reasons and you know the least of which is just that they inspired the metal bands that we love yeah i mean there's so many guitarists um from paul stanley to slash in in some cases uh to yeah kirk hammett talks about them from i mean i think i forgot which fan can that metallica released they're just jamming in the studio and I don't even know, I wouldn't even consider what they were doing jamming so much as they were literally just hanging out in the studio, recording their album. And on downtime, they were just literally Lars would throw in a drum beat or Kirk or James would just start a, a, uh, a guitar riff and it would all, you know, sort of, sound or not sound it would all just revolve around led zeppelin riffs or led zeppelin you know drum patterns it, it was the most interesting thing to hear because it was like being a fly on the wall but yeah they did they did a bunch of stuff off of like physical graffiti stuff like that it was weird but yeah lots and lots of artists are so influenced by them i mean you think about like bands like badlands think about bands like great white um you know, even even bands like Red Hot Chili Peppers. I mean, think about the the influence that they would have on on that that end of the the spectrum. You know, um, modern bands like obviously Greta Van Fleet takes 
you know, a lot of inspiration from, from Led Zeppelin. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's just so many bands that, that, that we love that have either covered them or just expressed how much they're inspired by Led Zeppelin. And, and you know, the, the sad part about everything is it wasn't just, uh, the passing of John Bonham as well. I mean, if you think about it, they hadn't released new music for a year or so. I think it was, I think they had released presents, uh, towards the end of the seventies and John died in 1980, uh, right around a similar time to, um, to Bon Scott from ACDC and, they were kind of in, in between uh, like a hiatus almost, you know, they, they were, they had ups and downs, especially in the late seventies where, where it came to the, the kind of music they were trying to put out. It was, wasn't as ferocious as the early stuff, but it was so much more complex and, um, uh, artistic, I guess you could say still in some cases still heavy, uh, in other cases, it was just as light as the stuff that they did, like on Led Zeppelin three. So it, they were still doing their thing, but the music was just slightly different. And they were going through different periods towards the end of their career. So, um, you know, in the last couple of years, there were some. I mean, John Bonham had started to to really have trouble because of his drug use. Um, I think it was in Germany he passed out at a show, and they had they they like basically cancel, you know, multiple, uh, performances. And it's just, you know, it's unfortunate when that happens, but there's nobody else that really, it's not like they're going to kick John Bonham out and then replace him. There's no replacing a guy like John Bonham. So I think this is one of those instances where if anybody is gone from the band, it's pretty much over. And right. And, and, that, and that's exactly what they did. He died in September of 1980 where Bond died in February. So it was the same year, but it, it just as, as impactful, uh, on both bands, ACDC chose to continue. Whereas Led Zeppelin felt that there was no replacing John Bonham. So, Hey, I, I agree. I mean, you have that kind of drummer that the thing is that there was a chemistry between those four guys. Mm-hmm that is, is unrivaled in, in music. It's, and it, you know, cause you can get, you know, you have Jagger Richards, you know, you've got Steven Tyler and Joe Perry there. They have that chemistry. They're, they're songwriters, they're, they're musicians, but Led Zeppelin was those four guys. And without one of those four guys, it wasn't Led Zeppelin, Yep. you know, and, and they were true. Like, you know, nowadays everybody replaces everybody. You know, Striper used to tout for forever that they were still the original band. You know that they never had a uh, a member (laughs) member change, even though Tim Gaines went in and out of the band a couple times. Yeah, I was gonna say Tim Gaines was in and out of the band so many times. I don't think he recorded on multiple albums. So to say, oh, we were always the original band, like that's that's a little misleading <laughs> right but i don't i don't think as far, as far as i understand i don't think they uh toured with a different bass player at any point until recently yeah maybe that's true you know so it's just one of those things led zeppelin stayed true to their word and it was that was it now they did do a couple reunion shows but that's because there was a demand to see them and they they caved 
And, you know, in one performance, they had Phil Collins. And for the most part, since then, it's always been Jason, uh, John's son, Jason Bonham. So the Phil Collins thing, that was Live Aid, and that was absolutely amazing. So, although they did play the riff to to Whole Lot of Love backwards. (laughs) (laughs) That was the weirdest thing. I'm listening to the song, I'm like, that doesn't sound like Whole Lot of Love, but that's what they're doing. I was like, huh? Okay. Hey, that's their choice to play the riff backwards, <laughs> but whatever. Anyway, we're here to rank their albums worst to first instead of just jibber jabbering about them. So um, if you guys haven't heard worst to first before, we're basically going to go down each position and we're going to give our, what we think is that album's position. So for, for instance, with Led Zeppelin, we're doing nine albums. So we're going to start. You know, myself will say what album number nine is. Then Chris will say what his number nine is, and we'll just go down up to number one from there. So, all right. Uh, I think you've been starting a lot lately, so I'm going to go ahead and start this one. How about that? I started on the Black Sabbath one, so go ahead. Oh, thank you. <laughs> all right. Uh, number nine. Uh, this is a short list, but man, what good albums! It, this is this is almost hard to say. Um, because like you sit there and say, oh, well, you know, number five album is this or number two album is that. And it's like the, the difference between one and the next is minuscule. However, there has to be one at number nine. Um, and we're going to include Coda in this, uh, list of nine because even though it came out after the band had broken up, it is a collection of songs that were previously unreleased i think i think except for one song and even that song itself was uh, a different version uh, so um we we included it because hell we needed another another album to make this a little bit longer show <laughs> well i mean it is it is a not beyond a compilation it's it, right it is exclusively i mean the songs are exclusively on that album so it, it counts Okay. Anyway, number nine for me is going to be Coda. Um, it It's not like it's a bad album. They had some really interesting tracks on that album. Um, but I felt as, as far as the music was concerned, I mean, there's a reason why a lot of those tracks were left off to begin with. Um, although it did have some pretty cool tracks on it in, in general. I mean, I liked... I like Darlene. I liked uh, Poor Tom. Ozone Baby was good. The one, the one weird one for me was Bonzo's Montro. Uh, they can sit there and say all they want about the fact that that is uh, that is was a a newer recording or whatever you want to call it. I know it was put together by by Jimmy, but there are some clips that came that sound directly. Like it came from uh, uh, Moby Dick, and so, but I'm just gonna leave that at that. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm I'm right, and I just didn't never read about the fact that they used clips from Moby Dick. I don't know. I don't know about that, um, but I do, am in agreement with you that uh, Coda is my number nine. Um, I like Darlene, Ozone Baby, and my favorite song off of that that album is Wearing and Tearing. Um, I think that's definitely the my like the strongest song for me. Um, 
it's pretty much all the reasons you said. I mean, this is uh, some leftover stuff, and um, you know, it's a it's a pin in their career, basically. Uh, but it's it's still decent. Like even though it's leftover stuff, and you know, in the same in in some respects, that's what physical graffiti was was leftover stuff from other sessions. Um, but the, the, then multiple occasions, they proved that like, even their leftovers are better than what some other <laughs> bands put out. So yeah, their, uh, their, their discarded tracks are better than some people's platinum albums. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, it, it doesn't mean it's a bad album by any means. It just has less on it that I really love. So, all right. So what is your number eight? So my number eight is presence. Um, Achilles last stand, definitely my favorite song on that album. Um, nobody's fault, but my own candy store rock. They're all great. And I, I really like the vibe of the album. Like it, it, it plays out a little bit differently, um, musically than some of the stuff that came before it. Um, and, and it is still a strong album, but like when I think of presence, I kind of struggle to remember what's on the album other than Achilles last stand. Like to me, that's the, the song that's synonymous with the album. And I always remember that one. Um, but presence, um, I think for me is just that album that, that like when I really look at it, it's just not as memorable as some of the other stuff that they put out. And I agree with you. And that's why it's also my number eight. Um, for for me, I mean, I like Achilles' Last Stand. Um, as as I was mentioning to you before we started recording, for your life, that riff for whatever reason is an earworm to me. And every time I hear the song or think, you know, see the name, and I think about the song, it's a riff I cannot get out of my head for hours upon hours. And it's 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 so unusual. And the same thing goes for Nobody's Fault But Mine. That's one that those two tracks get stuck in my head for a long time. But, you know, I like those songs. Candy Store Rock is a pretty interesting song as well. But, it, you know, for me, this album's uh, the biggest ones for me are Achilles Last Stand, Nobody's Fault and or Nobody's Fault But Mine and For Your Life. Uh, that's where uh, I stand on that album. Okay. All right. So number seven for me, um, is going to be in through the outdoor. Um, that one, the, the, basically the final album that, that Led Zeppelin released and, uh, before Bonzo's death. And I got to say it, it, that was, you know, there was so much going on in the camp at that time. And, and, I, I think, you know, between all the drug use and, and all the, the substance abuse that was going on with the band, um, one particular person that kind of made his presence known was John Paul Jones. And it shows in a lot of the songs on this album where he was um, critical um, in, in funny critically in his presence <laughs> because he was, he was front and center in a lot of stuff. And I, I think that was mostly due to the fact that Jimmy page was, was just kind of out there and doing his thing. Um, my songs in this one in the evening is a great song. Fool in the rain. It's awesome song, but when it comes down to it, all of my love is an absolute masterpiece of a song. In my opinion, I know it's a very quiet, almost somberish kind of song. But I must say that keyboard solo 
in that song is got to be the most memorable solo that I, that I can remember of any song that I know. I love that solo. Uh, I know there's a little bit of a Jimmy Page at the end, you know, when, when the keyboards go off and Jimmy Page comes and does some guitar stuff, but it's, it's that part with John Paul Jones that just masterful. I love that song. So this is unprecedented. Um, and through the outdoor is also my number seven. <laughs> um, so um, for me, the highlights are full in the rain. And of course, like you said, all of my love. Um, it's a super memorable song. I feel like I've seen it or, or used in, in multiple things. I, I, I wish I could remember what, <laughs> but um, yeah, like I, that song I remember hearing it on the radio all the time growing up. Just it's one of those that like it, you're right. It is kind of quiet. It's, um, reflective in a way. And, um, it just has this, this mood to it that just catches you. Like you, you can't not listen to it. Um, yeah. Other than that, like, I, I feel like, yeah, they're kind of at the end of their career. Um, or, you know, in a way where they're just, they're not as cohesive anymore or other things are taking their attention and it's just, there's some other good stuff on there, but for the most part, it's, it's just more filler. And even the filler is good. I, you know, I can listen to this album pretty much the whole way through and, and enjoy it. But when you think of the album, like it, for me, it's all of my love is, is the, the song that stands out. The one you think of. Yeah, for sure. I like, it's just a, an incredible song to me. All right. So my number six is Led Zeppelin three. Um, immigrant song. What an amazing song. I think a new generation was exposed to it through, uh, Thor. Um, uh, the, not the most recent one, but the, the third movie. Um, and then there's, Gallows uh, it, was, it was Thor Ragnarok. I think it was. Yeah. That's the third one. Yeah. Um, Gallows pole celebration day. I love the song Tangerine. It's such a good song. Um, but immigrant song on that merit alone puts it above the other songs. I mean, the other albums that I've listed on my list. Um, it's almost strong enough that it almost put it above something else for me. Um, but overall, when I really thought about it, like there are other song, other, other albums that I thought like, okay, this one has, you know, two songs that I just love. So it kind of just on that, it kind of dropped it down a little bit. The thing I don't like about Led Zeppelin three as much as others is it is a bit more, of like a soft album you know it has a lot more you know softer tracks it has um it's just there's nothing on it other than immigrant song that just gets me like jazzed and excited you know so it, it just for me it doesn't it doesn't uh stand up as well as some of the other stuff where like there's other albums where even though they have some softer stuff, then they have these, these, you know, not headbangers, but more like 
rockers, you know? And I, and I just don't feel that about Led Zeppelin 3. I, I often kind of think it like sits lower, but I was like, nah, I mean, I think six is fine for me. <laughs> well, that's also my number six. No freaking way. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is it right there. Number six, Led Zeppelin 3. Um, for me, I, I want to say my early teens, te- my early teens through middle of high school, probably junior year. I really dismissed this album as the immigrant song plus nine other songs or whatever it was. Um, I did not ever give it a chance until um, my best friend in high school, you know, 11th grade, mostly senior year. uh, His name is George. He turned me on to gallows pole. And, and he was talking about one, the dynamics of the, of the song to the, the structure and how they, they build with each, uh, family member <laughs> that they go through in the song. If you know the lyrics, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Um, and <clears throat> well, not just family members, but like, you know, there was what there was brother. I think there was friends, sister, brother, I can't, something like that. Right. Um, and anyhow, so he turned me on to that song and I find that song absolutely fascinating. Um, I love that song so much so that that is my favorite Led Zeppelin song. And, and that was, uh, documented in the greatest hits episode. Um, <clears throat> I love the immigrant song. Uh, I love the quirky intro where you hear this, this pounding, dum, dum, and then it goes into the song. Um, I always thought that was just a mistake on, on my CD, uh, but that's just the way the song is. Um, I like out on the tiles. Uh, that's a great song. I mean, if after that, after immigrant song, I think out in the tiles is the next big rocker on this album, but yeah, probably yeah. For, for me, gallows pole is just absolutely stunning. Just the, the whole build of that song and the structure is just outstanding. So that's my number six album, Led Zeppelin three. Okay. Hopefully there's some change in the top five between you and I. <laughs> okay, all right. So we're going to number five for me. And I, I'm pretty sure this is going to be different for you. Number five for me is physical graffiti. Um, <clears throat> physical graffiti. I, I'm not, and, and I don't want this. I don't want this to sound bad, but physical graffiti it, to me, this is like too much. And, and especially when, with a band like Zeppelin that doesn't do very long songs on a record, except for uh, a few here and there, Stairway to Heaven is, is an example of that, but they have a lot of shorter songs. And so there's a lot of songs on physical graffiti and it's a lot to take in. Okay. It's a double album, you know? So what ended up happening for me is it's like, for me, certain songs get lost. Uh, it's. I don't know. I don't know how to put it. They got a ton of great songs on here. I mean, I love custard pie, the Rover houses of the Holy trampled underfoot cashmere, you know, uh, the wonton song. There's a lot of really good songs in here, but for whatever reason it does, they don't grab me like all in one spot. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just crazy thinking about it that way because it is such a good album. And then again, it is number five and there's, four other albums ahead of it. 
So it's just one of those things that I don't pick it up as often as maybe I should. I don't know. That's me. Okay. Okay. It is, it is our first uh, different album. So uh, my number five is Led Zeppelin, the first album. Um, wow. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. I love Good Times, Bad Times, Babe, I'm Going to Leave You, uh, Dazed and Confused, Communication Breakdown. To me, the standouts are Good Times, Bad Time, and Communication Breakdown. Like those, I put above everything else. Um, but it is one of the bluesiest albums, and I've never been as much into the bluesy stuff, even though, you know, their entire career is bluesy. Um, don't get me wrong. Um, but I, I just, some of the stuff that came later that's more rock oriented, I enjoy more. Um, so this one, you know, I, I'll put it on, but instinctively sometimes I skip it and go to the next album or the, the, you know, the ones after that. So, um, yeah, it, it sounds crazy, but yeah, it sits at number five for me. You're insane. <laughs> How could that be? Likewise. <laughs> All right. What do you got for number four? My number four is Houses of the Holy. Um, you know, highlights for me are Over the Hills and Far Away. Uh, I always struggle with this one. Uh, Jamaica or Jamaica, right? Um, it looks like Dire Maker on the, uh, the album. Um, and then The Ocean. I love The Ocean. Great song. Um, also love uh, the song remains the same and dancing days overall, like for the most part, I can listen to this album all the way through and just really enjoy it. Um, but that being said, it still sits at number four. I think there's three albums that I enjoy even more. And think about that. I mean, <clears throat> the remaining three albums for you are pretty strong. So, <laughs> um, yes. oddly enough, my number four album is houses of the holy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's crazy <laughs> for, for, for the most part. It's the same as you. I mean, um, I love over the hills and far away. Uh, the crunch is an interesting song for me. I like dancing days, uh, Jamaica. I like that song. Um, that's a cool song. No, no quarter. You know, I know it's a big song in in Led Zeppelin lore, if you want to put it that way. Um, that song in No Rain, No Rain. <laughs> oh, <That's, laughs> different band. Exactly. That song, No Quarter, and the Rain song. Those are just two songs. I mean, I guess when I was younger, I was I was a lot heavier metalhead when I was younger than I am now. Um, but those two songs just never kind of grasped me. I know what they are. I know what song, you know, how they're, they're structured. I, I know the songs. If I heard them, I know, Oh, I know that's no quarter. I know that's the rain song, but it's not something that I listen to very often uh, just because it's not my style if you, for, for what it's worth. But you know, the ocean is a killer song. Love that song. Um, it just yeah. the drumming on that song is outstanding. Um, you know, and that, and over the hills and far away. Uh, I said I like that song before. One song uh, from Stone Temple Pilots um, uh, reminds me of that song. I think it's uh, "Tripping in a Hole in a Paper Heart." I think is the name of the song. Um, for some reason, there's something about that song that reminds me of "Over the Hills and Far Away." Maybe it's because they both have really long song titles. <laughs> I don't know, but that's it. All right, um, number three for me. 
is the untitled fourth album from Led Zeppelin. Um, I mean, what else can you say other than the fact that it has the most played song in music history in, in many people, in many people's opinion, uh, stairway to heaven. Um, and then, you know, it also has, you know, rock and roll. It has, uh, black, uh, black dog. It has the battle of evermore, misty mountain hop. When the levee breaks four, six going to California. It's only got eight songs. It's absolutely an amazing, amazing album. Um, and, and oddly enough, it's number three for me because I actually like the other two albums more. Um, although I was listening to this today and I'm like, man, number three, <laughs> but yeah, um, number three for me. Um, I'm a little surprised, but you know, it's, it is a case of like the, all these albums are so good. It's, uh, sometimes surprising to us where it ends up. Um, but my number three is Led Zeppelin two, um, whole lot of love, heartbreaker, ramble on amazing songs. Um, especially whole lot of love and heartbreaker. Those, those to me, just absolute standouts on that album. Um, this was the first one that I owned and probably had for a little while before anything else I could find. Um, and it just like every time I, I listen to it, um, I get those, those kind of nostalgic feelings of, you know, the days when you ordered out of the, I always forget the name of that, that, uh, Columbia house. There you go. Columbia house. And that's how I got uh, this one. Um, and, uh, I just remember, I remember seeing the cover of the album. That's, this is kind of funny. Um, I remember seeing the cover of the album where it's got like, uh, I guess the band in with a bunch of like pilots, I guess they're pilots or something. Yeah. Something. And I was like, man, there's a lot of members of, Led Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I was pretty young. Like I had to have been six, seven years old. Um, and uh i just i it's it's amazing to me that led zeppelin 2 for me can sit it at the third ranking but again two more albums i like even more well, there you go all right so what's your number two uh my number two i think was your number five physical graffiti um you know you have a fair argument saying there's a lot of stuff there because there is, isn't there 15 songs on the original release? Something uh, like that. And it is, it, it is leftovers from previous, uh, sessions. Um, but yeah, custard pie houses of the holy trampled underfoot cashmere down by the seaside, the wonton song. Um, I love all of those songs and, you know, to say like seven out of 15 are songs you love. That to me is uh, saying a lot. And then there, like, Cashmere is a is a just a certifiable like classic. Um, I know we love the Wonton song. Uh, like, I think I I kind of got you in on that one. Um, Down by the seaside, amazing song. Absolutely love it. So for me, even though there's a lot of material there. I still really enjoy it. Like from beginning to end, it's really fun to listen to. And this, the 
the standouts are that strong that I put it above everything else there. Oh, you know, don't get me wrong because like I said, the, 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 the difference between, you know, one and nine <laughs> is still minuscule. Oh yeah. Um, you know, it, it's crazy to think well, how good these albums are, you know? Yeah. I mean, yes, there's a big, there's a bigger separation from eight through to nine. Right. Mm -hmm. But, and in, in seven and eight, you debt, they're definitely farther away, but when you get, you know, to let from Led Zeppelin three uh, at number six and you're going all the way up. I mean, that's, it's, it's really close because there's so much good stuff on there. Yeah. I mean, there, you, and you it becomes a matter it. of preference because right. there are some little stylistic differences. You know. Exactly. Because you, th if you think about the fact that every single one of these albums went platinum. Okay. Anything that they do goes platinum basically. And if, if you want to look at, the fact that presence, excuse me, presence only sold 3 million copies only, <laughs> only, right? I mean, into the outdoor. So you think that their, their career is tanking, right? Three years after they release more than three years, because it was, uh, there was the summer that they released in March, 1976, they released presence. And then August of 79. So it's over three years that they're, they haven't released any new music and they come out with in through the outdoor and, from people who have heard presence to all of a sudden, you know, they get to hear into the outdoor and it's like, Whoa, you know? And then plus be, be, the other thing too, is the promotion that was behind it. Three different covers, garbage bag on, you know, the paper bag, not garbage bag, the, the <laughs> brown paper bag on the, on the front where you didn't know which cover you were getting. I mean, genius marketing. Okay. Cause yeah, all they have the garbage. bag. <laughs> no, it's, it's just uh well, you think about it, right? It's they didn't have plastic wrap around it. They just literally had the the brown paper bag, and the mm -hmm. plastic wrap was around the inside of the you know not inside of the record, but it wrapped the actual like album where the the paper bag was just an outer sleeve that I still have, by the way. <laughs> um, right. But it's it's just pretty cool, um, genius marketing, you know. And then it, to come out with what they came out with in, in through the outdoor, you know, and all, you know, like I said, it was carried by all of my love. That's insane. I mean, th that sold 6 million copies from there. You think about it. Led Zeppelin three also sold 6 million and Led Zeppelin one sold eight. Everything else is more than 10 million. That's nuts. That's when insane. you think about it, I mean, all those, Triple Platinum is your worst album of your career. That's, you know, I'll take that any day of the week, <laughs> you know, but I didn't, I wasn't a musician. So these, these albums are incredible. So, you know, between one and five and six and eight is it's, it's all just minute details. So number two for me is going to be the premiere album the debut led zeppelin or led zeppelin one as many people know it um it's got a lot of stuff on there that is just really good um i mean you you, you start you introduce the world to who led zeppelin is with good times bad times and you listen to that incredible drum work 
that John Bonham is doing on that song. Then you slow it down to Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You. You literally go acoustic. Then you go heavy blues on You Shook Me. And then you go even slower with Days of Confused. I mean, you're you're at this point, you're just melting your mind away. Um, and then side two, your time is going to come. Black Mountain side, a little guitar thing. And then Communication Breakdown just hits in the middle of side two. It's like, where did that song come from? You know, it's like, whoa. And back to the blues. I can't quit you. It's a blues album. And I know you're oh, not yeah. a big blues guy. Um, but, you know, for me, I really enjoy this record because it, it, it has so many. Um, uh, I think a, a, the mellowness of this album in general is what attracts me to it. And I, you know, from time to time, I can get into blues where I, I just sit there and say, I want to hear the blues today. And this would be something I would choose. Um, but again, the strength of, of good times, bad times, and communication breakdown uh, is outstanding. I love how many more times. That's a really cool song, you know. So, and babe, I'm going to leave you. It's outstanding. So yeah. So Led Zeppelin one is my number two album. All right. So number one for me, uh, it was your number three album, Led Zeppelin two. Um, that for me, it's it's weird. So. I was going to say earlier that it was it would that this was a toss up between the f- untitled fourth album and Led and this Led Zeppelin two, but where did I put the untitled fourth album? I put a third, <laughs> right? Because when I started list- looking at Led Zeppelin, I'm like, well, this shit's really good, <laughs> you know. Um, and I I really as much as I like the untitled album. Uh, Side two doesn't do it for me as much as side one. And I, I think I enjoy other songs more. So that's kind of why I dropped it down. But anyhow, number one for me, Led Zeppelin two, you kind of went over it a little bit before, but the songs on there are, I mean, just incredible as far as just the presence that they still have to this day. Whole lot of love. Uh, what is what should never be the lemon song? Thank you, Heartbreaker, Live and Love and Made. You can never not hear those two songs together. So, if any radio session ever plays just Heartbreaker, you, you call them up and you want that DJ fired or the program director fired because those two songs have to go together. Uh, Ramble On is a really cool song. Um, Moby Dick, you know, that just highlighted uh, John Bonham and, and his amazing drum work. And bring it on home. I know you're not a big fan of that song. I love that song. I just love how once it goes through the the, the racist intro, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it it, uh, it turns into a really good song. <laughs> well, and I uh, the racism. It's, I don't it's know. I mean, it's not really racist, right? It's it, it's just mocking. Uh, <laughs> the original artist of the song. Um, it's just, it's just funny. I mean, I wouldn't even say they're mocking it. Cause the one thing I, I will say, um, Led Zeppelin has truly honored and stolen from their idols. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so weird to say it that way, but they did. Um, if, if, if Jimmy page, uh, says I wrote the song, most likely he didn't. And I'm not trying to knock Led Zeppelin. They have been accused of lifting riffs, patterns, uh, whole songs from 
older blues artists, they have gone back and have corrected a lot of the songwriting and have changed the publishing to a lot of the songs because of being called out um, for choosing to just leave off certain artists' names that actually created or wrote the original riff. That um, happened in the music industry so oh, much. Ha- back. Oh, it, it happens, still happens all, all the time. All the time. But these were so obvious that it was like, hey, come on, dude. And so they went back and they changed it. Um, but again, like I said, they honored them in, in that way to include them in in, in their music. Mm-hmm. But this album for me is, is outstanding. I mean, a whole lot of love. Dude, I mean, the the things about that song, the riff, and then just the, the, the backwards uh, echo or the re- reverse echo, however you want to call it. That's incredible stuff. This is 1969, the second album that they released that year. Um, you know, uh, thank you. Incredible song, beautiful song. Um, my my first real serious girlfriend that I had in high school. Um, second girlfriend that I had long term, but she was the first first serious one. That I had multiple years that I was dating. She dedicated that song to me, and. Uh, so I, I'll always remember that song. It's an outstanding song. Duran Duran did a killer version of that song. And I don't like Duran Duran much, but that was still a pretty good version. Uh, who else did a good version? Oh, um, Tesla. Tesla did a good version on their Real to Reels. And we're going to talk about uh, some cover songs in a little bit. But, you know, Thank You is a great song. And like I said before, Heartbreaker, Live and Love and Made. Come on. Anyway, what's your number one album? Uh, if you didn't decipher it from every other album being really listed. Uh, my, <laughs> no, my number one is the untitled fourth album. Um, you know, it's a little cliche, but it's cliche for a reason because it's that damn good. Um, black dog is one of my favorite Led Zeppelin songs, period. Uh, rock and roll battle of evermore stairway to heaven. Absolute classic. I, I probably never need to hear it again in my life, but still love the song. Uh, Misty mountain hop. I love four sticks um, when the Levy breaks. So, you know, I still like the second half of the album. I think there's only one song and I'm uh, going to California uh, that it's just not my absolute cup of tea, but I don't skip it when I'm listening to the album and it's full entirety. Um, but seven out of eight being just absolute classics to me. Uh, definitely the, the, you know, the ratio there is, is putting it above everything else. Um, it's it's amazing to me like when you think about it like that there's really only 12 years that they were together and they put out eight albums of just absolute classics um you know obviously the different like you said earlier the difference between number one and nine it it's there you you know it's 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 undeniable but um, you can find at least one song on every album that is just an absolute classic. I agree with you on that. I mean, there's stuff on Coda that's that's just it's outstanding. And that now, if you go get Coda now, um, they actually include Hey Hey, What Can I Do and Traveling Riverside Blues, which were two songs that were released in the in the 70s that didn't make it onto any album, but they were radio hits. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, for for years, you couldn't get those. And then when the box sets came out in the 90s, they were included. 
And so, you know, of course, people were just clamoring like crazy to get those box sets because it's like, oh, they have those songs finally, you know, on CD. And then when they re-released the albums, and I think it was the, um, they finished off the box set, they added one of the two songs, and then uh, they threw in a couple of extra bonus tracks, and then they released the complete recordings, which was uh, a gray rock-looking box set It was uh, that had everything on it, or it was complete studio recordings. It was, and it had all those, and they included traveling riverside blues and hey hey what can i do on coda and then now on the remasters that jimmy page did several years ago in the 2010s in the teens um they redid the packaging of those and they included all those songs so coda has great songs on it and it's it, to think it's our number nine <laughs> you know i mean it doesn't have a whole lot of love it doesn't have stairway to heaven on it but shit it's still a good album for sure. And that that was one thing I wanted to mention as, as I started saying. Those, the remasters, so of course, they remastered the album, the box sets. That was the first remasters. Then they put out the, the, the complete studio recordings as a big, giant box set. So a few years ago, I think it started in 2015. I'm not exactly sure. Maybe it was 2010 or 2012. I can't remember, but in the, in the 2010s. And they... Had a reissue program. I think it was three albums every quarter or something like that, or every six months. I can't remember until they finished all uh, ten albums. And I say ten because it, I'm including um, the live album. Song remains the same, and they put them all out with uh, digipack packaging, and they they put out Led Zeppelin three with the wheel. Uh, Led Zeppelin two was the, the gatefold physical graffiti you slide it out and it had the apartment pictures on it it was so cool they they reissued them just like the, the albums came out in the in the 70s so it was really neat the sound is amazing on them all so that, that you know jimmy page has always been very meticulous with the sound of led zeppelin so that is uh, for anybody out there get those albums and then they have a second disc on each of those albums with a bunch of outtakes uh, and there's one outtake for every song on the album which is pretty cool that is cool. I I really only in the recent years have listened to any of that stuff because I had sold all my my CDs, and so you know everything that I listen to now is essentially digital. So um, hmm. catching up on some of the the, the remasters, etc. Come on, catch up. I'll wait for you. all right well now it is time for the big four and today's big four is led zeppelin cover song so it's bands that have covered led zeppelin songs and um i don't know who i think uh i'll go first last you went first last time all right i'm gonna go go first okay i will go first stop pulling my leg (laughs) (laughs) all right uh number four for me is communication breakdown by iron maiden it was the b-side to the bring your daughter to the slaughter single and it was um the it was a, a definitely an interesting take a little bit quicker than the original um all you know, the original is kind of quick um and it had I, th- I personally i think it was left over from the uh somewhere in time sessions 
that's the way it sounds to me because they had that very uh, keyboardy sounding guitar. Um, because uh, if I'm not mistaken, No Prayer for the Dying, they kind of stripped the sound back down. And on Communication Breakdown, it has that echoey kind of keyboardy sounding guitar. That's just me. I think I could be wrong. <laughs> All right. I'm probably wrong. <laughs> Number three, good times, bad times from Godsmack off of their good times, bad times, 10 years of Godsmack, the greatest hits album that they released. Um, that was basically the lead single for you to buy the greatest hits album. It's a really good version. Very, very true to the original. Um, it's just it, it, Godsmack makes it sound that much heavier. I know Godsmack's your favorite band, so I'll get you a copy for Christmas. <laughs> Absolute favorite. <laughs> Number two for me is Out on the Tiles by Blind Melon, and that's from the Encomium tribute to Led Zeppelin. Um, that's just a killer version. I love the way, the way they played it. I mean, very again, very true to the original, um, but – I, the drummer in, in Blind Melon is an outstanding drummer, and I've always liked his sound and the way he played, and that's why I like this version. Um, and number one for me, this may or may not seem strange to some folks, but it is Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You from Great White, the version that was played on MTV Unplugged. It was later released on their greatest hits. It, it made Unplugged. I mean, that was one of the songs and one of the, the shows that unplugged just, just blew, you know, the roof off of, it was outstanding. Um, it, it basically gave that song new life. It gave great white, a continued life on their career. It was an absolutely outstanding version to the point that they went ahead and they actually released later on a couple of different albums, uh, as tributes to Led Zeppelin. They recorded songs live, in concert, they basically played like Led Zeppelin concert. So that was pretty cool. All right. All right. Well, what's your big four? Now we may have had a lot of crossover in our albums. We have zero in our big Ooh, four. That's so rare. Oh, that's not true. I'm completely <laughs> wrong. We have twenty five percent in our big four. <laughs> oh, oh, do we? We have one song. Okay. One song. Um. So my number four is Friends by Stone. Uh, Stone is a band we need to talk about, um, and I mentioned to you to listen to their first couple albums. Um, Stone is super influential in the Scandinavian scene. A lot of bands, uh, uh, you know, cite them as an as a inspiration into kind of like creating, say, even the like the Gothenburg sound and and some other uh, genres of death metal. Um, awesome band and their version of friends it's it's so unique and so different but still is the same song like it carries the soul of the song but still is their own version i have listened to stone by the way after you told me to listen to him i checked them out and i remember looking at those album covers because i've seen those albums oh. before um listen to them pretty cool very interesting we need to talk more about them talk more about them for sure um, my number three is the ocean by Tesla. Uh, you had a different Tesla song. You had, thank you. Correct. Um, I had mentioned it. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, well, regardless, um, yeah, Tesla's version of the ocean 
um really cool song and i just i love that song to begin with so it's it's one that really kind of stuck out to me um my number two is rock and roll from van halen from the live without a net uh dvd or vhs if you had it or whatever other formats it came out on uh i personally had the dvd um and it was the way they ended the concert and it was just so cool because sammy's voice just works so well to cover robert plant um just really great version of the song a lot of fun and if you haven't seen the live without a net uh performance um and you are a van halen fan that is really one to check out a lot of fun um and my number one is communication breakdown from iron maiden um that you know prior to us kind of talking about like what we're going to do as our big four this was one that i know and it is always in my mind um so it kind of stuck out to me like and you know iron maiden is one of if not my favorite band um so it's hard for me not to pick a version that's this good bruce's voice is perfect for this song too so you don't think that that the sand the guitar sound was not uh something that was sounded like off of seventh son or somewhere probably a seventh son leftover it, it it definitely sounds like the seventh son era yeah yeah because i mean when they did no prayer for the dying i mean they literally stripped the guitars back down to to what it used to be it didn't have that that reverby sound um that they that they had done for those two albums in a row but you don't like that but i do yeah you no know, I, I mean I the song is the, i love the distortion they used on those albums so i'm good with it <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with it i mean obviously I, I i enjoy both albums i wish it was sounded different but that's okay uh that's just me it's me I'm, i mean you're talking to the guy who has somewhere in time as as the number two album from iron maiden so <laughs> oh yeah mine was down a little bit lower <laughs> yes <laughs> all right that is our big four led zeppelin cover songs and that brings an end to this episode of debating metal to interact with us follow us on facebook instagram and twitter or send us an email to debating at gmail.com if you listen to us on youtube be sure to leave us a comment and ring that bell to be notified when we post a new episode and remember to tune in next week when we spark up another exciting metal debate. On behalf of Kenneth and myself, stay safe and always turn it up to 11. See ya.